Hey, we want to thank you for listening today to a sermon from Edwards Lake Church. And we hope that you recognize the message of God as we open his word together and examine his incredible life-changing teaching. We pray that this message will challenge you, motivate you, or touch you in some way. Let's open the Bible together. We are going to be continuing this series. We've got this lesson and one more, and we're done with this series, which was supposed to happen in December, but did not. So, uh, tonight we're going to do Mark Your Bibles number 25. Uh, Hopefully you saw that on the back of your bulletin and came prepared for those who are actually marking through their Bibles as we go through this series. And tonight, kind of a, a... question we're answering is this idea of seeking God today. Uh, Where this comes from is uh, having had a lot of Bible studies with people over the years, one of the things you'll notice is that people have a difficult time, for lack of better terms, pulling the trigger. And so you've, you've got this, this, kind of impasse you run into when you sit down and you study the Bible with somebody where you've taught them what they need to know, you've taught them what the Bible says about becoming a Christian, you've taught them that the Bible teaches we need to make that commitment in baptism, and then you're just, you you kind of stop because it's the part where they're supposed to say, yeah, let's baptize, but they don't. What do you do? What do you do in that case? Because for us, there's a little bit of a uh, kind of a, a, there's there's somewhere we don't want to go where we tell people, hey, you need to be baptized. And that feels uncomfortable because we know it should be their choice. It's not our choice we're making for them. It's not our job to make their mind up for them. It's their job to see their need. We hopefully showed that to them in Scripture. And to see that the only way to be redeemed is by turning to Jesus and being baptized into Christ. But if they're not uh, jumping at that opportunity, what do you do? Uh, I, have, I have over the years... Uh, on, and, you know, for instance, one time I was speaking, this was early in my, my preaching uh, days, and I sat down and I had a Bible study with a young man. And you know, we walked through what the Bible teaches about the different, you know, about sin and about his need for Jesus and what Jesus could do for him. And we studied baptism. And, and it was, he just basically sat there and continued to sponge up information but, okay, well, you didn't say you wanted to yet, so let me go over here and we'll talk back through, you know, maybe we'll, I'll try to explain the whole Bible to him so he can see the plan of God as it's happened through history. And we get back to the point where it would be a great time for him to say, yeah, I need to be baptized. But he doesn't. He's still just soaking up information. Okay, well, well I'm, I'm going to, instead of doing that, we're going to walk through the book of Acts and we're going to study all these conversion stories and look at, Look at the fact that a lot of people uh, through Scripture felt the need to go be baptized. Okay, he's still sponging up information. Okay, well then, it, you know, and so finally I just go, don't you need to be baptized? And he goes, yeah, I do. Do you plan to be baptized? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to. Do you want to be baptized tonight? Uh, sure. And we went and baptized him. Now, the sad thing in that particular situation is, several years later, uh, he and his wife started having difficulty. She pulled the Christian card on him and told him, well, you became a Christian and you said you were going to act a certain way and you're not acting that way. And he turned to, well, I, it wasn't my decision in the first place. Adam's the one who told me I had to do it. And so it, it becomes, you know, in that case, I think probably all of us would have been like, well, let's go get baptized. But in his case, he felt years later he wasn't really ready. That wasn't really his decision. What do you do? How do you show somebody that they need to be baptized now? And that's what this route is designed to do. At least build a case for biblically speaking, why someone should seek God today. Now, nothing in our, in our track tonight is going to be mind-blowing, so just, just know that. Uh, it's actually, a, of all the tracks, this is the shortest one, which should translate into a shorter sermon. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but it, it is, uh, it's not hard to show what is a very simple pattern through Scripture. So we'll start with Matthew chapter 3, verse 2. Matthew chapter 3, verse 2. Uh, here, if you turn and open your Bibles up to this, what you have here, since I have time to open all the passages with you tonight, Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, you've got John the Baptist that's coming to the region, and he's going around preaching, and part of what he's preaching is repent because the kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, your version might say. The kingdom of heaven is, it, it is, it, it's there. Like it, it is within reach. It is something that is urgent. This is something you need to do something about now because the opportunity is now. There's nothing wrong with that message. There's nothing wrong with sharing with somebody the call of the gospel, the message of reconciliation is today. It is now. It is something that we should take advantage of as soon as we know to take advantage of it. Uh, and, and so there's nothing wrong with pointing that out. That's what John was doing. That's what Jesus did later in other stories. And it's what the apostles did. And we'll build that case as we start going through several examples in the book of Acts. There's also Paul's sermon over in Acts chapter 17, verse 30, where he, in a long spiel of introducing God to a bunch of people who do not know God, makes this statement. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God now commands all people everywhere to repent. That is what God requires now, is that every person who comes to know God, repent from their life without God. That is not something that will be a need, uh, you know, not a need now and will be a need later. It is something that every person needs now. And so God calls all of us to repent. There's no reason for us not to repent. There's no reason for us to remain 
unacceptable to God, we should decide if I want to follow God and obey God and belong to God, well, then I need to repent. Clear enough? Simple enough? These aren't, these aren't difficult, right? All right, Acts chapter 16, you turn back one chapter and you've got the story of Paul and Silas being arrested in Philippi. And while they are there in Philippi, an earthquake comes and opens up the, the, the prison cells and, and all the shackles fall off. And you've got the jailer there who is concerned because all of the prisoners are going to escape. And Paul says, no, no, don't harm yourself. We're all still here. And he says, you know, brethren, what do I need to do to be saved? And they teach him the gospel message. Uh, that's very obvious from the story. And it is interesting that in this pattern and what happens, it says in the same hour of the night, he washed their wounds right away. He and all his family were baptized, not down the road, not at the next appointed baptismal session that this particular church in Philippi was going to have three months later. None of that kind of stuff. When that jailer realized he needed to repent he needed to make retribution for the wrong that had been done to Paul and Silas. He wanted to get right with God. He, that moment, that hour, at that time, decided he and his family would go be baptized. Uh, it's not something that, 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 that you can put off. It's, it's urgent. And that's really the pattern you see in Scripture is urgency. We recognize that as Christians of those who have done it. We recognize you don't want to just go around not being baptized when you know you need to be baptized. Take care of the need as soon as you know there's a need. We get that. But sometimes I think we have a hard time showing that to people. And again, that's what this, this track is about, making sure we can show people from a biblical perspective, if you have a need, take care of it. If you need to be right with God, be baptized right away. It's, it's that simple. Acts chapter 8, verse 38. You've got the story of Philip who has, uh, through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, shown up on a road that goes from Jerusalem down to Ethiopia. And there he is shown to a chariot where there's a man reading Scripture. And he's reading Scripture from the book of Isaiah Clearly, he is a, either a Jew who is no longer living in, in Jerusalem or he's a proselyte of some sort. But he is familiar with the Jewish scriptures. He wants to know more. Philip is able to show him from that scripture what the Bible says about Jesus being the Messiah. And it's interesting that the, the eunuch actually goes, or I don't like calling him the eunuch, the Ethiopian, the treasurer, actually goes and asks, hey, here's water. Why don't we do this right now? That's the response we want to see, right, out of people. We want them to urge, to be urgent, not us having to convince them to be urgent. But this man, he understands his need. He understands that it's not enough to just understand Scripture a little better. It's not enough to believe that Jesus is the from what Philip has taught him, he recognizes there is an urgent need for him to be immersed in water. And so when they come across a body of water that's large enough, 
he immediately says, hey, here's water. Let's stop the chariot. Let's get out. You can baptize me. And of course, that's what Philip does. He ordered the chariot to stop. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. That, that, now, again, he could have waited until he got back to Ethiopia. Nobody would fault him for that. But he doesn't. There's an urgent need. He did not want to wait until he got back to Ethiopia. He wanted to do it now. And it's interesting in the story, again, you just like to picture the story based on the details we have. They come up out of the water and Philip's gone. And and maybe that means Philip climbed out of the water and went on his way. Uh, But the way it reads, the spirit essentially whisked Philip away. He's gone and, and and the treasurer's going, oh, Well, good thing I got that done when I did because, you know, uh, Philip wasn't here very long. Uh, But that that urgency is very plain. It's very obvious in the scripture. Uh, This was not something the treasurer was willing to put off. He wanted to do it now. Acts chapter 10, verse 48. Acts chapter 10, verse 48. Here again, you've got the story of Peter, who's with the centurion, the centurion has, as, as a God-fearing man. He, he's a man who does a lot of good. But in doing that good, he is uh, visited by an angel who says, send for Peter, here's where he is, and bring him back to your house and he'll tell you what you need to do. And of course, that's what the, the centurion does. He brings Peter back to his house. And Peter, at the same time, has been having visions about God making the Gentiles clean, just like the Jews, that he, he doesn't need to, to push the Gentiles away anymore. So Peter comes in and he preaches a sermon. And in the course of that sermon, the Holy Spirit comes down on the centurion and his family, which shows God's approval of them, that this is something for them too. And so in that case, because God has already miraculously shown his approval, Peter actually commands them, hey, be baptized. Peter commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and they asked him to stay for a few days. I find it interesting in this, this, as far as I know, it's the only story we have where the teacher commands the student to be baptized. But in this case, it was appropriate. Uh, We don't know that that Peter has gotten into baptism with him at this point. Uh, According to the sermon we've read, he hasn't really. And so when Peter sees this happen, he says, okay, our next step is obvious, be baptized. And of course, that's what the centurion and his family do. And so, again, he immediately sent for Peter. He obeyed right away. As soon as Peter got there, the way the story reads, Peter basically launches into a sermon uh, pretty much right when he gets there. And then before the sermon's even over, over, the the Holy Spirit has come down, and, and the Holy Spirit has done some things among the centurion's family, and so he is immediately baptized. There's a lot of urgency in that story. And I hope you see that. I hope you see that just it, things happen quickly because they didn't want to put off what was a necessary thing. Even in the story of Saul of Tarsus, you've got over in Acts chapter 22, verse 16, where he retells his story 
that this man, this Christian disciple has come in to teach him what he doesn't yet know. And it does seem he knows a lot of what Ananias is gonna teach him because of his familiarity with Christianity, which he has been persecuting. But in that case, Ananias says, now why are you delaying? You've known what you need to do. Why are you putting it off? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. So I was wrong. There's a second teacher teaching, telling a student to do it. Uh, But here, get up and do it. Quit putting this off. There's no reason to put off what is the right decision. There's no reason to put off what you know you need to do. There's no reason to put off being cleansed when you know you need to be cleansed. There's no reason to put off having your sins taken away when you know those sins are there and they're weighing you down and they're keeping you from a relationship with your God. And so Ananias taught Paul, do not hesitate. Get up and do it. And of course, we know in the story, that's exactly what happens. Uh, Paul is, or Saul at that point, is obedient to the Lord. And he does become a, a great mover and shaker among the church over the years to come. And so in story after story, you've got immediate responses and immediate obedience as a result of the response. And you can go pretty much through every story in the book of Acts and see that. Even in what probably was one of the longest waits, which is in Acts chapter 2, the long wait probably had more to do with the fact of there were 3,000 people being baptized all at one time. And I'd imagine that would have taken a little while, a few hours to get that done. Uh, Again, we don't know all of the the conditions of how they were getting that done and who was doing the baptizing and all of those details. But in that case, they heard a message, it pricked them to the heart, and they said, what do we need to do? Repent and be baptized each one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That day, 3,000 people were baptized. Did they put it off? No. They jumped up and did what they knew needed to be done. And that is a pattern that you see through Scripture again and again and again. Just because I have time to go on a little bit of a tangent, let me do so. We shouldn't just be that way about baptism. We should also be that way about repentance. And maybe that's a stronger lesson for most of us who have made the decision to be baptized and who do already belong to Christ. How often is it that you know you've needed to fix a problem in your life and you put it off and put it off and put it off and put it off? For whatever the reason, when you should just immediately deal with your sin. It might mean having a conversation with God and confessing. It might mean repairing a relationship with a brother or sister in Christ. It might mean getting rid of a problem that you keep coming back to that pulls you away from God. It might mean putting on a good thing that you've been putting off doing for a long time because, well, I just don't have time or... Uh, It always cracks me up at the end of the year how many people are willing to put off for an extra two weeks because it just makes sense to start a good habit on January 1st 
even though you need to start a good habit on December 15th. Just start on December 15th, right? Like there, there's no reason to not. I had several people tell me uh, back when I did my, my quick read through the Bible, and I think that was in November. So I had people telling me in November, yeah, I finished my read through the Bible early, so I'm excited to start again in January. And my response was, start now. Who says you have to start that in January? Just start it now. But we'll do that. We'll put off good things and good decisions and good action because it's easier to put it off for a while than it is to start today. Brothers and sisters, start today. And and that's true for those who need to make a decision to follow Christ. That's true for us who do and need to just be more diligent in doing today what we know we should do. Okay, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 17, kind of support that little tangent that I just went on. Pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We need to be careful that we're using our time wisely. Because you only have so much left. Now, for each of us, we don't know how much left we have. Uh, We might, tonight might be our last night on this earth. We might have years and years and years ahead of us. We don't know. And that's why it is important to make the most of your time because the time's limited. It's just not going to be there. We always talk about, uh, use expressions like um, budgeting our time or wasting time or gaining time. You know what's funny about time? We have no control of it whatsoever. The only thing you can do with your time, you can't make more time. You you can't waste time. All you can do is choose what you're going to do each second. That's it. Time's going to continue ticking by. And there's nothing you can do about it. But if you will just do good things with each and every second you have, you will have done wisely. And so I encourage you, and and if you're talking to someone about becoming a Christian and they're kind of uh, hemming and hawing and and shifting in their seat and unwilling to really make that commitment, to have a discussion about what better thing could you do. And so you're not telling them, yes, go do this thing. I'm commanding you in the name of Jesus, be baptized. You know, arise and get up and, and, and be baptized today. It, most of us are probably uncomfortable saying those types of commands to people. But it is a worthwhile discussion to say, what's a better thing you could do? Can you think of anything better tonight to do than to be baptized into Christ and to make that commitment? Because if you can, Let's do that thing, get it out of the way so that now we've got baptism back on the table. You know, maybe, maybe their struggle, their difficulty is 
They just, they don't think they know enough yet. Well, then ask those questions. Let's, let's make the most of our time and get the hurdles out of the way so that you can make this all-important decision. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 through 15. Watch out, brothers and sisters, so that there won't be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage each other daily while it is still called today so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. For we have become participants in Christ if we hold firmly until the end the reality that we had at the start. As it is said, today you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. One of the things the Hebrew writer emphasizes is the importance of today. Today is the day to make a decision. Today is the day to obey. Today is the day to make sure that you belong to Christ. Today is the day to encourage somebody to do the right thing. Today is the day you have to work with. And we might even put in our, in our margins here a reference to Matthew chapter 6 and verse, I think it's verse 32. You'll have to look over there. But that idea of do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has enough trouble of its own, or for today has enough trouble of its own. Worry about today. Today's the only day you have control over. Today is the only day you have at your disposal. Yesterday is gone. There's nothing you can do about yesterday. It has sailed. It has been written in the annals of time. It is something that, that is gone, and there's nothing you can do to change it. There is nothing you can do to guarantee tomorrow. Not a thing. The only thing you have to work with is now. That's it. So every decision we make needs to be made now. Do you see how that works? And the same is true when it comes to our relationship with God. I can't say I will fix this sin tomorrow. I can't. Because I don't know that I have tomorrow. All I can do is say today I'm going to deal with my sin. Today I'm getting it out of my life. Today I am repenting and turning away from it. Today I'm confessing the agreement with God that this is a wrong thing for me to do. Today is the day I will act. And we need to be the kind of people who are willing to do that. The same is true for those who are seeking a relationship with God in the first place. You have no guarantee of tomorrow. You can't say, okay, I, I, I'm pretty sure I need to be baptized, and, uh, but you know, I, I'm going to let it settle for a little while. It's not like buying a car. You're not going to have buyer's remorse when it comes to belonging to God. You don't need a three-day waiting period, and you don't need to go home and consider your options. There are no other options when it comes to a relationship with God. You either have one or you don't. And today is the day to make sure you do. Last passage is Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, which says, And just as it is appointed for people to die once, and after this, judgment. That's what we're left with. Today matters because we don't have tomorrow. We don't know about tomorrow. We know we have until we die. 
And if that's tonight, that's all the time I got. And once my time is done, the only thing I have in front of me is judgment. Now, again, on the other side of judgment, yes, there is more. But if I'm coming to judgment unprepared, all I have is death in front of me. And if I come to judgment in a relationship with God, well, then all I have is paradise in front of me. I like that scenario much better. How about you? And so we need to be willing to, to take advantage of now. And I think sometimes we struggle to do that. And we struggle to have that conversation with people because it seems forceful. Well, let me, let me give you a piece of advice on that. If you're showing them these verses, you aren't forcing them into anything. You're letting them see God says this is urgent. So be urgent about it. And there's nothing wrong with it with showing people these passages so that they can come to that conclusion for themselves. So in keeping with the lesson we just talked about tonight, if there is somebody here who has not obeyed the gospel, today's the day to do it. Not tomorrow, because you don't know if you have tomorrow. Today is the day you can get that fixed. Today is the only day you know you can get that fixed. And so I would encourage you to do it. If there's somebody in here who is struggling and, and has just kind of struggled silently by yourselves and you don't know, uh, you keep putting off, well, you know, if I just give myself more time, I'll be able to overcome. Stop. Stop that. Stop guaranteeing yourself time to fix it later. Let's fix it now. And if that means you need to ask for the prayers of the saints here, let's do that today. Don't put off what needs to be done today. If you need the invitation to get your life right, and either way, let us know as we stand and sing this song. Thanks for listening and studying God's word with us. We want to help you draw closer to Jesus as your Lord. If you feel some need as a result of today's message, whether that be a need to seek God's salvation or you are just in the need of prayers, please reach out to us. You can find out more about us, including contact information at edwardslakechurch.org. If you want to continue to open God's word with us, please check out other sermons on our podcast or come visit with us at Edwards Lake Church anytime you can. Thanks again, and we pray God's blessings for you.